Hey, y'all, and welcome back to This Is Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hilbert, and this is a podcast all about how to become the best version of you, finding who you really are, improving yourself, feeding your soul, and exploring new ways to grow in each area of your life. This week's episode is all about your body. Now, that sounded really weird, but all about different movements and ideals and industries that focus on our bodies. Today, we are breaking down body positivity, body neutrality, and the fitness industry. We're going to talk about what each movement means, critiques of them all, and hopefully find which movement or area speaks to you. I'm going to add a trigger warning to this episode as we are talking about physical appearance and body shapes. Nothing too intense, but if that is something that's triggering to you, then please skip this episode and go listen to one of the other amazing episodes we have done. Now, first things first, how's y'all's week been? How were the holidays for everyone? Personally, I celebrate Christmas, but I know that not everyone does. I had an awesome Christmas this year. I am lucky enough to have two families to celebrate with. Zach's family, who lives in Colorado as well, they live about 20 minutes um, from where we currently are, and my family. And they live back in Chicago, but we were able to FaceTime with them and open presents on FaceTime, which was really nice. Uh, Originally, we thought that my little brother was going to be working and he wasn't actually, he didn't have to work in the end. So he was able to FaceTime in the morning with us, which was so much fun. So I was glad I got to see all of them. I just, I felt so blessed. Zach and I celebrated Christmas Eve with his family. And then Christmas morning, we connected with my family before going back over to his parents' house in the afternoon. Um, I feel real, again, I just feel blessed that I'm able to connect with all of the people in my life this year and just appreciate one another. And everything that I received and Zach received was just so generous and sweet. I got the coolest Dumbledore pop doll from Zach. I am a big Harry Potter nerd, so sue me. Uh, he got me this, I think it's a limited edition Harry Potter pop doll action figure. We recently decided that, um, so our TV stand is one of those big, like black cubicle things. And I think it has eight cubes, four on the top and four on the bottom that you can decorate with whatever you want. And originally we had some books in there. Zach has this big, um, Buddha head statue thing that was in one of them. And then recently we decided that we would dedicate some of the cubes to our favorite movies or TV shows or things like that. So one of them is Friends because Zach got me for my birthday a Friends like Lego set and it's really, really cool. But we have that in one of them. And the other one is Harry Potter. And I have, there is a new um, edition of the Sorcerer's Stone that has all these like pop-up details inside the book. It's really beautiful. And I have that in there. I have my wand in there. And then I have these little figurines. I didn't have any Dumbledore and I really wanted a pop doll. So Zach got me that. Um, So that was really cool. I got the dopest handmade leather journal from his parents. His dad handmade all of us these leather journals and they're so beautiful and so cool. It's one of those items that almost when you get like a really cool like unique piece and you're so scared to write in the journal because you don't want to write like you want it to be important things. Um, So I haven't used it yet. I'm actually currently getting near the end of the journal that I've been working through and so I need to do that first before I move on to anything else but it's it's one of the coolest things I've ever been given Um, my sister sent us this hand-shaped candle it's from like an Etsy seller and 
It's purple, it smells like lilacs, it's shaped like a hand, and then in the hand is like carved into it are all the zodiac signs, and it's just this really cool, unique piece that fits the vibe of our house completely. And so that's currently sitting on one of our end tables next to our couch. Um, and then my mom and my dad got me just this like super cozy white sweater and I wore it yesterday and it honestly I feel like whenever you wear white and if it's crisp and clean and it has these like rose gold like details on the little edge I feel like I look fancy <laughs> and I realize it's just a white sweatshirt but if you can keep white white and like clean you just look so put together and I don't own a lot of white because I can't keep white clean but I am willing to test it out for this sweatshirt. But yeah, I mean, I know that Christmas and the holidays obviously aren't all about gifts, but I just wanted to say a big thank you for anyone who got either Zach or I a gift because we love all of them and they are all so cool. And I feel like this year we got a lot of personal gifts that really fit us, knowing that everyone who did get us a gift or were around us just know us really that well. And that was just really cool. Oh, and Zach and I actually got to make my favorite Christmas cookies, my favorite cookies of all time. Uh, they're a Swedish spice cookie. They're called Pippercocker cookies. I know it's very fun to say. Um, I've made them, we had them just my whole life growing up because my family is Swedish. My grandma makes them every year, but I have not, I don't think I've made them in the last couple of years because I I just don't think we've had found the time when I've been home and I have never made them actually on my own without my mom. Um, so it was really cool to be able to do that and do that tradition with Zach and he really liked them. His family liked them. We've got a whole bunch now and I actually ate two this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just been a great week and I hope that all of yours was too. I hope that you were all able to, um, really just have a good couple holidays. I know obviously things have been stressful with the pandemic and people worrying about, you know, a lot of things, health, money, all of that. But I hope that at least you were able to put that aside for a little bit and appreciate one another and just enjoy what we do already have and the people in our lives. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into this week's episode, guys. I want to start this episode off by describing kind of who I am and where I come from in relation to this episode and the whole um, just talking about different body shapes and sizes. I am a thin athletic woman. I've been blessed with a family who has genes and DNA which have been, which have given me the body I have and the ability to lose weight slash gain muscle in a fairly average if not above average time frame with the right diet and exercise. I also have worked very hard to have the body shape and size that I want. Currently, in this moment, I've been putting in less work into my exercise and diet regime, just from many contributing factors, but overall, I do work very hard for my body. I want to express this to you all because I realize that talking about body sizes and shapes is a very sensitive topic, and I understand that I only have such a broad personal understanding of body shaming but that doesn't mean that I don't support loving all body shapes and sizes. I want to make that really clear to you all, just starting that off. When I first decided to write this episode, I was writing it, I was thinking of it in more of an opinionated way, keeping it mainly focused on the body positivity movement, and that's kind of where all of this sparked from. 
but I eventually then decided to talk about a couple different movements and industries that are close to one another, but keeping it more of an informational piece and then ending with my personal opinion. That way you all can kind of see, kind of decide for yourself what you think is best without me throwing in my thoughts the entire time. And that way at the end, I can give what I'm thinking. I am in no way trying to diss one ideal over another or saying that one way of loving yourself or finding health and balance is better over another. I am simply going to be explaining multiple sides of the same coin and giving different options. And then I can give you guys kind of what I think. All right, let's... Now we can actually get into this episode. So body positivity has said to have begun at different, many different times, depending on who you want to give credit to, whether you give credit as an entire, the idea as an entirety or the phrase body positivity itself. The phrase itself comes from a company called The Body Positive. It's founded by Connie Sobzik, I hope I'm saying that right, and Elizabeth Scott in 1996. They created thebodypositive.org to help women and men of all ages begin to love themselves and their bodies free from societal pressure and views. Now, this idea itself has been credited back to, you know, even the 1850s to 1890s in the first wave of feminism, when a group of women protested the act of using corsets and tight lacing to shrink their waists to fit societal standards. And this was known as the Victorian dress reform. Either way, in 2012, the body positive movement began to really gain traction and even more around 2015 when Tess Holliday, a plus size model, coined the hashtag F your beauty standards and was signed to MLK Management, which is a large modeling agency in Europe. She was their first model over the size of 20. But what is body body positivity anyway? The key idea behind body positivity is loving your body no matter the shape or size finding confidence in yourself and ignoring what the media, society, or anyone has to say, fighting those pressures to love who you are at any state of your life and continue to grow your self-esteem. Body positivity has many popular and successful supporters such as Alicia Keys, Kelly Clarkson, and Demi Lovato, as well as influencers, sorry, such as Candace Huffin, I think that's how you say it, Gigi Gorgeous, and Jessamine Stanley. Sorry, I'm really bad with names, but I'm trying, guys. Body positivity is a community of people encouraging one another to love themselves and find strength in the person they are, while also addressing the issue of how much society and the media continues to force a negative stigma on non-quote-unquote ideal body types and what men and women quote-unquote should look like and aspire to look like. This movement does not praise one body type over another, allowing it to be an open community no matter where you lie on the scale. This movement has done some amazing things for beginning to change societal norms and the way the average person views all different body types. We are seeing more and more people acknowledge the use of Photoshop and photo editing, as well as less use of those tools themselves. We've seen companies and magazines agree to not using them, as well as being more inclusive as to who they use as models. Body positivity has brought this conversation mainstream where more and more people can begin to feel confident about themselves and their ever-changing and evolving bodies. Now let's get into the issues facing this movement and where critics have their issues. You might be thinking to yourself, how could someone have an issue with loving yourself and feeling confident? 
What could be negative about body positivity? Well, a couple things, but the most common and biggest issue that is talked about relating to this movement is that it promotes an unhealthy lifestyle. This is where body positivity gets most of its backlash. Many people believe that by telling someone who may be at an unhealthy size to love and praise their body, that you are encouraging them to continue an unhealthy lifestyle. There are many advocates of the body positivity movement who have received backlash for their own size and how unhealthy, quote unquote, they must be. By bringing larger body types mainstream and more media present, people believe that it will encourage unhealthy lifestyles as it will become more and more what we say normal and acceptable. This idea has been challenged, for example, by Alexis Connison, who is a psychologist and founder of the Anti-Diet Plan. She said, quote, the idea that showing images of unapologetic fat women is somehow going to create an epidemic of fatness is one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. It's almost as absurd as the idea that teaching fat people to hate themselves will make them thin, unquote. Connison also compares for us the critiques of the body positive movement, aka showing women, fat women to many people creates an epidemic, versus major issues we see in the fitness industry aka if you tell people that who are bigger to hate themselves they'll become thin fitness tends to be a gray area when it comes to this movement which has also created some backlash many many advocates do preach a healthy lifestyle and exercise but the movement itself does not want to be associated with the fitness industry as they have their own negativity and backlash the fitness industry is known for pushing an, what we say, ideal body size and shape, as well as taking habits from healthy to an unhealthy extreme, full of restriction and obsession. A big reason that the body positivity movement was born was because of the societal norms the fitness industry and diet industry thrive off of. From unrealistic Instagram bodies to unreachable standards leading to self-punishment from one untracked meal. The fitness industry began booming in the 70s and 80s from the Olympics and most notably Jane Fonda's exercise videos in 1982 and has not stopped growing since. Obviously, this year has been a little bit different because of the pandemic, but yes, up until then. As social media has grown and became a basic necessity for many, the fitness industry has continued to grow and find itself even more prevalent and in your face on the daily. You no longer need to buy a magazine or watch the latest movie to find a thin, white, cisgendered female, reminding you of what the classic Eurocentric beauty standard is. It's everywhere. And we are also seeing these standards being taken to extremes, encouraging even more restrictive and obsessive behavior. As these expectations continue to rise and cause damaging beliefs in the younger generations, the body positivity movement was born challenging all these ideals. Unfortunately, because of these issues with the fitness industry, the body positivity movement keeps clear of being associated with it, which has led them to be critiqued on their lack of encouragement in that area. Both the fitness industry and the body positivity movement could really benefit from one another, but because of the negativity from both sides, neither really wants to pair with the other. And then comes in body neutrality. (laughs) I know, so many different terms. Body neutrality is the idea of being healthy and active and loving yourself without thinking about your body at all, leaving your physical appearance out of the equation. 
loving yourself for your mind, your thoughts, your personality, focusing on your amazing brain and who you are as a whole. This idea allows you to not feel obsessive in either direction, pushing your punishing yourself for not being thin enough or for not loving your body in every moment. It allows more freedom to love other areas of yourself and still being able to focus on your health. More self-love than body love. The ways in which you acknowledge love for your body is in relation to what it can do for you instead of how it looks. For example, your body allows you to run, walk, exercise. It allows you to hike to your favorite spot, watch the sunset, take your dogs for a walk, kiss your lover, and enjoy the life that you want. Body neutrality began somewhere around 2015, but became more popular in 2016 when Anne Poirier Poirier, mm, guys, has made a big point about how body neutrality allows us to enjoy, love, and appreciate everything else life has to offer us. Feeling neither good nor bad about our bodies. Not worrying about how we look gives us the opportunity to be more present in the moment and love life. We get to run on the beach and float in the water without thinking about how we look in a bathing suit. It allows us to go to dinner and order the dessert that we want without staring in the mirror at our stomachs when we get home. Anne also says that she tries to emphasize, quote, the importance of feeling healthy as opposed to attachment. On outward appearance. She has made an effort to encourage clients that even though body neutrality is about feeling neutral about your physical appearance, it doesn't mean ignoring your health. She encourages engaging in activities that make your body feel good and thrive and eating food that will fuel your body. This idea is not about ignoring health in any way, but not associating your health and healthy habits with your appearance. The biggest critique of this idea in practice is that it's unrealistic. It sounds lovely to say, I'm just going to not worry about my body and how it looks. I will just feel neutral about it. But again, this is just unrealistic in many cases. It can feel easy for a while even, not worrying about it and thinking about it, and then suddenly you are in a position where it is no longer easy. Maybe you're switching to your summer clothing and you feel triggered by trying them on, or at Christmas, someone in your family comments on your weight, whether that be good or bad. No matter how mentally strong you are and feel you can control your thoughts relating to your physical appearance, we all have moments of weakness where those thoughts creep back into our minds. Anne recommends that when you're feeling negatively about your body to work towards bringing your thoughts back to neutral, kind of as an exercise. For example, begin with recognizing the feelings and acknowledge them without judgment. Next, try and switch your thoughts from, for example, my legs have gotten bigger to my legs are stronger and support me every day. This may take a lot of practice to get used to, but slowly will be easier and easier. As body neutrality is a newer concept, less and less people have heard about it. Personally, I hadn't heard of this idea before before researching for this episode. At first, when reading about it, honestly, I was really intrigued by the idea and definitely wanted to learn more. It felt like an idea that was taking us back to our roots, even back to childhood when all that mattered was how fast you could swing on the monkey bars or climb your favorite tree. You chose your bathing suit because it was your favorite color, not based off of how your body looked in it. 
and it felt like more of a freeing idea. So what is my opinion on all of this? Well, again, for a little more backstory, I have always been an advocate for a healthy lifestyle. I think when I was a bit younger, kind of the end of high school and beginning of college, I was definitely on the fitness industry side of things. I wanted to be thin and healthy, but mainly thin. I would choose healthy habits and take them to an extreme to a point where they were no longer healthy. I have had my moments where even though my physical choices, exercise and diet were healthy, my mentality about it all was not. I became obsessive and restrictive and needed too badly to be in in control of my body. So yes, I do fully understand the negative side of the fitness industry, but I also understand the critiques of the body positive movement. As someone who, again, takes anything to an extreme, I have had moments where I allow myself to begin a cycle of following unhealthy habits because I decide it shouldn't matter if I love where I currently am. It's a hard mental battle, and that's where I believe it all falls. It comes down to a personal choice of knowing yourself. I love the idea of body neutrality and currently in my life have been practicing it unintentionally. With everything going on with the pandemic and current life situations, I haven't been working out at the gym. I also have not been running outside for two reasons. One being it's the end of December, so it's been on the colder side of my preference for running, as well as since having COVID recently, I physically can't run the same as before. Because of all of this, I have been mainly doing yoga in my apartment and just trying to eat well. When choosing which yoga practice I'm doing each day, Zach and I choose which sounds the best for our bodies that day, not based off of how it will make us look or how it will shape our bodies. I also really enjoy the practice of intuitive eating. I'm not going to get too far into that because we've already talked about a lot of different terms, but intuitive eating has similar aspects of body neutrality. It's basically the idea of eating based on what you know is healthy and will fuel your body without obsessing over calories or fat or carbs. It's all about balance. Body neutrality for me as a whole, personally, feels like more of a short-term practice. But again, this is just me. I know myself and how I think, as well as how I feel about myself. I truly do enjoy working out and setting goals for myself. Not weight goals or anything like that, but building strength and reaching a level of fitness that I enjoy. I enjoy pushing myself in that way. Do I still love myself when I'm not at that point? Yes. And I think that is a key aspect of it all. I think that it comes down to finding what technique works for you. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all solution. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all problem. All three of these movements or ideas are not working towards the exact same thing. Body positivity and neutrality are close, but obviously they have their differences. What I recommend is finding what your biggest issue is relating to your thoughts and feelings about your body, and then comparing each idea to see which is best. Really think about what has and has not worked for you in the past. In the last two years or so, I have made balance my biggest goal. Finding balance in the foods I eat, the treats I enjoy, and the exercise I practice. Not allowing myself to follow my extreme habits of losing myself in fitness, forgetting my health in the body positivity movement, or ignoring my thoughts through body neutrality. What movement that puts me in, I'm not entirely sure. But if any of those movements work for you, then that's amazing. And I hope that you find self-love and appreciation and health at the end of it all. What I can say is that crash diets, over-obsession, 
ignoring your health or intuition is not the answer. Whichever way you choose to live your life, whatever thought process you choose to follow or subscribe to, find balance. If something does not feel right or does not sit well with you, then it's not right for you. Take aspects from each idea and movement and apply it to your life. Do not blindly follow anyone or any movement. Find your personal movement through trial and error and love yourself each step of the way. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you are able to learn something new, maybe even just a little bit of history through the different movements and industries and slowly kind of find what works best for you. Please take a moment to follow and subscribe to this podcast, as well as if you could give it a rating, I would highly appreciate that. Feel free to share the episodes, you know, to your friends on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page. Well, I have a Facebook page. There's no we. (laughs) I have a Facebook page for this podcast if you'd like to follow it. It is www.thisisyourlifepodcast.com. And on there, I do a lot of, I'll share when I release episodes, which is usually on Mondays around two o'clock, as well as updates on episodes and just some overall encouraging content. If you have any recommendations for topics, you can email me at thisisyourlifepodcast at gmail.com. And remember guys, this is your life.